Welcome to Dodgers Dogs. Casey Porter here, live show, joined by Austin Brubaker, as we are each and every Wednesday. Austin, a lot to talk about. Hey, it's looking like it might be another NL West opponent this year for the Dodgers, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know they won last night. They're winning tonight so far. So, hey, what do you think about all that? Yeah, no, it's a it's it's getting real now. And now you're starting to see it looks like we know answers as far as who the Dodgers are going to face right now. Obviously, game's not over yet. I kind of have it over uh, just off screen for me kind of watching the game. But Arizona's up five to two right now. It's starting to look like they might be the opponent that the Dodgers are going to be facing. So um, live crowd, live show tonight. So I'd love to hear the audience uh, kind of participate, mm-hmm. uh, kind of get your thoughts and feelings. Do you guys want it to be another NL West opponent to try to get rid of some of the pain that happened from last year? Are you a little bit concerned, even though the Dodgers have had success against Arizona, that a repeat of history could happen? Uh, just kind of want to hear your thoughts about the potential matchup. Obviously, series is not over. Milwaukee still has an opportunity to advance if they're able to come back tonight and win tomorrow. Uh, but it's starting to look like Arizona. This is going to be an Oster Brubaker heavy show tonight because, hey, I've said this several different times. I spend so much time covering, well, you know this, Austin, all the four affiliates of the Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers and talking about all these players and doing deep dives like I just did on Simon Reed, going to do one on Jack Dreyer coming up. I've got probably 15 to 20 interviews that I'm doing research for right now that's set up that I'm going to do here in the next two to three weeks. So don't have a whole lot of time yet. You know, once I know the Dodgers opponent, I'll dive in pretty good to whether it be Arizona. Know obviously more about Arizona than we do Milwaukee. Have a, a you know a glancing blow of what Milwaukee presents as far as their top end talent. Other than that, that's why I have you on this show. You are the resident expert for anything and everything not Dodgers in the Major League section of things. So, hey, going to be heavy, going to be leaning on you tonight, Austin. Not going to lie about that. Leaning on the crowd and answering, be happy to answer any questions we have tonight. So, let me ask you this as we get going. Hey, Mike, uh, thank you very much for joining. Good evening to you as well. Uh, great to have our catcher, our resident catcher. You know, you talk about you being the resident expert for all the other teams. Great to have our resident catcher, Mike, in the crowd tonight as well. So, hey, got a good crowd already. Michael has joined us. Roy has joined us. Thank you so much for that. Looking forward to all the comments tonight. Had a great crowd last week, so super excited. Austin, which which group I think I would probably rather face the Brewers? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't which team do you think has the – okay, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. Uh, I, I want uh, – the, the team I think gives the best matchup for the Dodgers is a team that doesn't require a left-handed specialist the most. So which team would that be, do you think? Oh, so that's that's tough too because I think with uh, Milwaukee, I think you're really worried about one individual. and I mean, he's a – fantastic great hitter and Christian Yelich for that lefty specialist for Arizona I think you have a little bit more mixed and match as far as the different matchups you have guys like Corbin Carroll you have another outfielder Alec Thomas who are left-handed hitters that you can go ahead and do some of those lefty matchups uh Ketel Marte switch hitter uh Perdomo switch hitter so Arizona has a little bit more 
of lefties. They just don't have necessarily the height that Yelich has, although Corbin Carroll's a phenomenal, phenomenal hitter. Uh, Arizona, I think, has a little bit more than Milwaukee, but it's not too much per se. And I'd have to do a little bit more deep dive as far as their splits are concerned, as far as lefty righty uh, or versus left-handers, how, what, what that big difference is. Yeah. Yeah. So good crowd tonight. Any chance uh, we could get a lot? I don't know if it'd be lucky or not. Well, it'd have to be because the Braves have been the best team in baseball basically all year, certainly in the national league. So are we rooting for a Phillies upset of the Braves? If the Phillies advance, you know, we know the Phillies are extremely talented. They made the World Series oh, yeah. last year. Similar type run, but would that be advantageous for the Dodgers? I think we're. I think right now we're kind of rooting for uh, the Marlins to come back, and hopefully we would have a matchup against them uh, because going up against either Atlanta or Philadelphia, assuming first off we can't overlook the division series because reality is we kind of overlooked that last year. Um, we. If we are lucky enough to advance to the championship series, um, I would say probably you'd want to face Philly over Atlanta, although that is extremely tough because Philadelphia, at least especially when you look at last season, turned it on once they got to the playoffs and they became extremely dangerous once they got to the playoffs. If you're looking for the better team, Atlanta is the better team. So if you don't want to face the better team, you don't want to go up against Atlanta, which is why I lean a little bit more towards Philly. Uh, although if we go up against, if the Dodgers go up against Philly, that's going to be really tough to overcome. No doubt about that. We've seen the Phillies talent. We've seen, you know, just their experience in the playoffs, the Braves, we've seen their experience in the playoffs. So the five day layoff, I know that Michael Grove and Kyle Hurt pitched tonight in, in exhibition games or inner squads, whatever you want to call it at Dodger Stadium. I believe they opened it to, for admission. They mentioned that mm-hmm. last week, or not admission, but at least to open. I don't know if they charged admission or not, but they opened it for people to come in and watch. So I'm sure that went well. So the five-day layoff, you know, talk about that and, and how you think the Dodgers are going to handle that and, and whether that's advantageous or not. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good question because I think we've seen in the past – Although it is advantageous to get your rotation in order, although it is advantageous to get some guys some rest, some guys who needed it, guys like Will Smith, guys throughout this lineup who just need a couple days off. Um, baseball is very much a rhythm sport, meaning you want to get on a roll. You want to keep having your swings. So it mm-hmm. depends on how they have been preparing over the course of this past week, they have to keep up the intensity at least a little bit um, to make sure that they are prepared because the rest has come back to bite some teams. You look at some teams last year. I mean, Dodgers are a very obvious example of this happening to them last year. Atlanta's an example of this happening to them last year as well. We've seen this um throughout the course of baseball history, having these longer delays being something that is of detriment to them. Uh, So they're going to have to come out, and I think they're going to have to start the series off quickly to make sure that the opponent, if it's Arizona, which is looking like it probably will be, or if it's Milwaukee, doesn't get on a roll or doesn't continue the roll that they have been on. I think a quick start into the series could really be of helpful. Otherwise, 
you got to be a little bit concerned about the layoff. Yeah, I tell you what, another, you know, back-to-back issues with the layoff. First of all, you had a layoff, then it's a five-game series. I think if you came off the layoff into a seven-game series, there would be less concern Mm -hmm. because game one isn't so high stakes at that point. When you're talking about a five-game series, game one is a huge game in that series. Oh, and especially because this year the Dodgers are going to be relying on guys who haven't pitched in the major league postseason and because you're likely going to be relying on Kershaw game one. If it comes to a point where the opposing team is able to beat Kershaw and then move on to some of the rookies, despite how talented there are, there's going to be a confidence boost for the other team because they feel like they can beat anybody on the Dodgers at that point and they feel like they're on a roll because we would have won several games in a row uh so I think it's really important for the Dodgers to win that first game or at least get off to a really solid start that first game otherwise I think the momentum that the Arizona or Milwaukee might build uh would be something that is difficult to stop I think Dodgers are more talented than either of those teams Uh, But in a shorter five-game series, sometimes the most talented team doesn't always win, which is why it's important to get off to that quick start. Yeah, so Michael says that the Phillies would be the better matchup because they swing and miss more, which just from a matchup perspective, hey, the rookie stuff is swing and miss type of stuff. And so that would play to the Dodgers' advantage, you know, in terms of, of, you know, those matchups. Would that be accurate, you think? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really excellent point. Uh, just looking for some of the strengths of the Dodgers and how they match up against some of the weaknesses of some of the other opponents. I think with that pointing out that the Phillies strike out or swinging miss per se quite a bit uh, is something that the Dodgers could take advantage of. I mean, they're top seven, eight something in strikeouts that their hitters have. Uh, so there, that is something that you can definitely take advantage of. And a lot of these rookies, um, and especially because I don't remember the last, when the Dodgers played the Phillies during the season, I don't remember, um, which pitchers went up against them. Um, but it could also be something where Phillies haven't seen a lot of these rookie Dodgers pitchers. I just, I just don't know exactly, uh, which arms they have seen. That could be another thing to keep in mind with this. Yeah, the inter-squad game tonight was open to season ticket holders. Thank you for that information, Mike. That was that was one of those deals to where, hey, the Dodgers are trying to make it as, you know, we know in baseball that it's just so hard to make it game-like situations. That's why you play so much. And then basically once the season starts, practice is your BP sessions. You might come out, work a few situations before BP. You might take a couple of extra ground balls. We've both seen the process pretty extensively, but that's just about it. I mean, the catchers might come out and and throw down a couple of times, but basically BP at that point is your practice. That's why you play so much because no matter what you do in a base in a, in a baseball practice setting, you know, football you can go eleven on eleven, and especially once you get to a higher high school level or a college level, you can go good on good. And a lot of times your your number one offense, especially if you have a team that doesn't go both ways, your number one offensive guys versus your number one defensive guys, if you have good talent, the guys that you're going against might be better in practice than the guys you're going against in games. So not only are you simulating game situation, you're actually simulating 
better than game situation in football. Basketball's even easier because it's only five guys, and typically speaking, you have 12 guys on roster, about three walk-ons, so you have enough for three different squads, so it's easy to enter squad in basketball, make it very game-like. Baseball is is so difficult to, you know, because hitting the baseball is so hard and, and it's, and, you know, the, the you know, basketball, it's, it's constant motion. Football, you know, you're hitting each other. You're getting a bunch of adrenaline going. Baseball, it's just hard to get the excitement. It's hard to get the intensity level. It's hard to get the adrenaline going in a practice setting where, you know, the whole environment's dead. That's why when, when we used to enter squad, I used to pump the music just to get some environment going and get some adrenaline going into the kids just because so it wouldn't be a dead environment. Yeah, and I think that is the danger that a lot of these teams have, no matter who they are, and the one or two seeds have uh, as far as taking some time off. I think that's why we've seen a lot of these teams go on and come up flat in the following series. It's important for the Dodgers to have these inner squad scrimmages to replicate what it's like inside of a postseason environment or a just a baseball environment, um, that is some of the danger that you have without the repetition of baseball. But Dodgers are going to be get a little bit healthier. I know they needed it. They had a couple of scares towards the end of the regular season. Miguel Rojas, Chris Taylor. Um, but they have some time to get healthy. They still have a really talented squad, and they are going to have a really good chance because they've had success against Arizona uh, this this past season, they kind of know what the recipe is. They got to be disciplined. They got to try to keep Arizona from running all over them, creating some sort of chaos. Uh, and if they are able to do that, then they have potentially a chance to go up against either a the the one of the highest and best teams in baseball in Atlanta or a really talented defending National League champion Philadelphia Philly team. So. Uh, opportunity is there for the Dodgers. We'll see how they respond after the break. So do you think the Dodgers organization right now, as they're, I think pretty much the position players, I wrote an article today. I don't know if you checked that out on DodgersDaily.net. Mm -hmm. Hey, we have a new beat writer coming on board with us. Super excited about that. Uh, a, a guy that's been following Dodgers Daily, kind of like Austin did for quite a while. Awesome baseball mind. Been as high as a high school baseball coach. Junior college, um, you know, he's done junior college broadcasting, this type of deal. His name's Andrew Hickman. So he's going to do the L.A. beat for us, which I'm super, super excited about because, hey, Austin's in Michigan. We've got a pretty good beat, I'd say, right there at that first row seat to the Loons. We've got a first row seat to Oklahoma City and Tulsa. What I've really, really, really been needing was a West Coast beat and somebody mm -hmm. who is really in-depth on the Los Angeles Dodgers. We are too, but we're not there. So it's different if, yeah. you, if you're not there and feeling the vibes of, of the people in that area. We have that guy now. Andrew Hickman is coming on board, so super pumped about that. He's going to do the L.A. beat for us. So I wanted to mention that. But, yeah, hey, do you think the organization, as they're making their mind up, let me go back. Okay. Yeah. So I think the position players are set. Colton Wong's probably the one out. Would you agree with that? I, that would be kind of that would be I would be surprised if it was otherwise unless there's still some dealing with injuries. Um, I think that's the most likely scenario. Yes. So who else would it be if it wasn't Colton Wong? If it wasn't Colton Wong, then you'd be talking about guys like 
uh, Rosario. Um, you Can't say it would that. be, and I'm not saying that that's likely at all. Um, you would be talking about guys is Chris Taylor fully healthy after the end of the season? I think that's probably a yes. Um, mm-hmm. I would think that they would keep Kike Hernandez on oh, as yeah. well. He's got yeah. postseason ex- experience that kind of eliminates the options to where you ended up with uh, Colton Wong as the odd man out. That's probably the most likely scenario. Can you make yourself a little bit taller, Austin? Yeah. Just a touch. Grab the uh, you know, however we need to do to – that way we're a little bit closer to the same height. Okay, yeah. so – all right. So let's assume that Colton Wong, the position player, that I think he's probably the, the, the 14th man. He's been the 14th man on that roster, you know, since the September call-ups. Because you get 26, 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Then you get 28 in September, 14 and 14. So I think Colton Wong's a position player that's going to get cut. It gets real tricky with the pitching. So let me ask you this. There's a million different scenarios. We'll cover all of them tonight. Are the scenarios different based on the matchup? So how would facing the Diamondbacks affect who gets to be on the pitching staff that one of the 13 pitchers on the postseason roster versus Milwaukee? Does that matter? Is it going to be the same 13 guys, or is it going to be based on who the opponent is? I think I think that's I I don't think the Milwaukee and Arizona are drastically different. I think they each have some of their different strengths. Um, for example, Arizona is much more of a grace, aggressive base stealing team. Milwaukee draws a little bit more walks. So I think if it was Milwaukee, you might focus a little bit more on some guys that might be able to control a strike zone a little bit more. Yeah. That could be a strategy. I don't think, and with the actual matchups, I don't think it's too much of a difference. Arizona versus Milwaukee. Um, you, Arizona has a little bit more guys, a guy or two more that's going to be a little bit lefty that you might maybe one more lefty for Milwaukee. What was that? Maybe one more lefty hitter for Milwaukee off the bench for Arizona. Maybe it 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 depends because they each have different guys in Arizona or Milwaukee. I said I should say uh, kind of mixed up their roster going into the postseason too. They move some guys up. Uh, and some guys down. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference either way as far as which opponent that you're facing. I think it's going to be based off the feel of a lot of these guys. Um, I think they will look at matchups a little bit. I think they'll be a factor, but I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah, so looking at that, okay, here's my take on Arizona. They steal a ton of bases, right? Very young, very athletic team. And they're going to know the number one advantage Arizona is going to have coming if it's Arizona. The one thing that they're going to have the biggest advantage is if they get on base, stealing bases. That's going to be the one thing where they have the total advantage over the Dodgers because the Dodgers struggle to throw guys out and Arizona is good at stealing bases. So I think if it is Arizona, it puts an absolute priority at putting your guys out there that throw strikes. I know that sounds little league. That sounds very high schoolish. That sounds amateurish. Sounds way too simple. But if you go out and you walk Arizona hitters and you give them freebies, that is going to almost instantly turn into a runner in scoring position. And Arizona is going to have 12 to 15 to maybe even 20 chances each night if you walk hitters and, and put them on first base. 
Yeah, and I, th I think you're right about that. And the biggest thing that Arizona is pushing all over their social media right now and what they're going to be trying to do as a team is to create chaos. They have nothing to lose this postseason. They they weren't they were kind of a surprise team that people thought could make the postseason, yeah. but now that they're likely to advance into the division series and they're going up against the team that has been the top of the NL West, they have nothing to lose, and so they're going to be using every single thing they possibly can to win this series, which is why it's incredibly important to be disciplined. You talk about throwing strikes. That's just part of being a discipline, having a disciplined approach to pitching, not trying to do something ultimately too fancy um, because I think talent wise, the Dodgers can go ahead and overcome them. I think that Arizona isn't an incredibly powerful offensive team if you look at them ops plus they're about middle of the pack 98 i think is what it looked like middle of the pack or so walks and strikeouts as well um they don't necessarily have the highest strength so what you have to do is you have to create a very decent floor for then your offense to be able to carry the rest of them. We've seen the Dodgers offense be able to carry this team through some of the struggles with some of the pitching, rely on some of those guys to be able to have some of those clutch hits because we know that offense can and should score a lot of runs. Um, if you are able to provide some sort of level of base and limit the mistakes, limit some of the free passes and limit the opportunities that Arizona has to create chaos, that is how you are able to overcome overcome Arizona. I think it's going to have to take a disciplined approach. So let's say that the Dodgers go down one game to nothing. In other words, they, they lose the first game of the divisional series. Would you rather have the big arm of Bobby Miller without the experience coming back in game two to try to tie it up? Or would you rather have the experience of Clayton Kershaw coming back in to clean that situation up? That's that's a really good question. I think another question to ask, too, is let's say that the series goes five. I don't know if Kershaw is going to be ready for a game five, even if he starts a game one. Right. Uh, I think that could be a really concern because they've tried to limit him. He Perhaps he could. That would, favor, a, that would favor Miller going game one then. That would that's exactly right. That that's kind of my point right there. Is do you want to have Miller be that game one only in the case that this game go this series goes five? Um, otherwise, you might have to rely on either a shortened start by Kershaw, where he's only going a couple of innings, or and then have some sort of piggyback on top of him, or you would have to go with a longer five-man rotation, perhaps rely on a guy like an Emmett Sheehan in a game five. Um, that could be a serious question uh, depending on the health of Kershaw and something that you have to consider. You have to think that this series is going five. You yeah. can't just you plan play that you're going to take care of. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you just can't, you can't necessarily assume that you're going to win it and three games and just be all set. You have to be very careful about how you approach this. No doubt about that. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because the five-game starter, then you have your – you know, the Dodgers have kind of – they've kind of made their A-team relievers and then their B-team relievers. It'll be interesting to see who they put behind which pitchers. You know, I think that'll show you that who they have the most trust in. 
because yeah. you know if, if they bring the eight if they have the eighteen relievers ready for a certain game, that tells me that they were they had a short leash on whoever they started that game. Does that make sense? So like yeah. if Lance Lynn goes out there against an Arizona, you cannot afford freebies. He can't go out there and walk people like he's done early in his last two outings. And then all of a sudden you start seeing Evan Phillips and Bruce Dar Gratterall and, and Ryan Brazier being fired out there in, in about the fourth or fifth inning. Of course, it won't be Phillips that early, but I understand. But your A-team relievers, that tells me right there who, who they had a short leash on and who they don't. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think with Lance Lynn, um, I think with Arizona, there's an opportunity there because Arizona, at least throughout the course of this season, hasn't been the most home run heavy team. They're kind of towards the bottom as far as home runs are concerned. Um, There's an opportunity for him to be successful. And this could be if you want Lance Lynn to be a part of your postseason, if you want him to try to build up some momentum to potentially go up against Atlanta or Philadelphia, this would be the matchup that he would have the opportunity to show that he can limit some of the home runs. This is the this is the matchup that would be most advantageous to him. He still has to go out there and prove that. He's still got to limit the mistakes. Um, we've seen him be able to do that at times in the past. It's just been a little bit of a, a little bit of a roller coaster with him. If he takes the mound against the Braves, <laughs> whoo, that's yeah. I'm going to be sweating bullets. I ain't gonna lie about that one. Yeah, no, they they're going to have some sort of they sh- at least should have some sort of backup plan, some sort of short leash, um, and they're going to have to t- utilize some of the guys that they have. Uh, that can provide some of that piggyback, some type of length, just in case something goes wrong. Or you got to hope that the Dodgers have a little bit of comfort or have taken a game or two in the series. Uh, in that case, that could be that could be a little bit tricky because of how powerful Atlanta's lineup is. Yeah, Mike brings up a good point. The big question is who starts Game Three. To me, I know who I would start, and and it would to me it wouldn't be close at this point. I know there's other fans out there that that disagree with with my position on this. Hey, that's what makes this forum so wonderful is that we just do such a wonderful job here with such great baseball people of all, hey, just kind of giving our war room thoughts, you know, but in in a way that's very mature and respectful and kind of like they do, you know, maybe in, in the meetings that they're having with the Dodgers brass or how any coaching staff would approach Hey, here, what are your thoughts? Okay, well, here are my thoughts. Let's all work these through. It, it kind of has that feel to it. So I love that faction of it and that part of it. My game three starter would be Ryan Pepio, especially if the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I have two stipulations there. He has a lot of swing and miss stuff. So even if Arizona does play some small ball, gets into scoring position with less than two outs, he has the ability to get out of jams without giving up runs because he can get dirty and he can strike people out. That's number one for me. And then 1A, which I, these are two equal to me, two equal fashions to it, fa- uh, aspects to it, is that he has not been walking people lately. So, he, you know, if he pitches like he has been since he came off the I.L., he's not going to give Arizona free bases. And then even if they do work their, their way onto base and getting to scoring position, he has the ability to get out of jams. So for yeah, me, I, it would be Ryan Pepio game three. Yeah, that's who I would start, too. He also has 
success against Arizona this season. He had the one start yeah, against good point. them, went five scoreless innings. Um, yeah, no, Ryan Pepio, I think he is pitching the best. I think he is pitching disciplined, as you mentioned right there. And I think he would give them – he would be the person that I'm most comfortable with right now. And I think he's pitching the best. Uh, so I would go ahead and roll with him. Um, I know he doesn't have the necessary or the playoff experience, which with these, you're going to get those playoff experience. Either you pitch these guys and get them experience now, or you're going to have to give them that experience at some point in the future. Um, I think he is ready for this. I think there's no better time to give him that opportunity to prove himself because I think he's pitching the best. I think this is a decent matchup for him to go up against. I would go ahead and roll with him and see what he's able to do. By the way, Austin, your lighting looks fantastic. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate the uh, yeah. lighting. It's, it, it's a little bit it's a little bit de- better than uh, sitting inside of some sort of dark cave, cave even though i do have lights going on uh it was a, it was a little bit difficult to kind of kind of see which we've recognized and we're we're making yeah. modest improvements yeah, to uh into trying to help bring up the product and bring up a level of excellence to the show so uh yeah no it's 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 a little bit weird having just lights blaring at me it uh, is and but no it's something that i'll get used to and happy to provide that I uh, get to see a little bit more of my smiling face on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm having glitches with my computer tonight. I actually think it's the scene that I have set up in my streaming software, so I'm going to have to go back in and probably delete that scene, start from scratch, but, hey, it is what it is. So if it looks a little bit glitchy tonight, that's why, but we didn't have time to fix that. But, hey, the the, the main thing is is that we're all on here and we're all talking Dodgers baseball which is absolutely fantastic. Okay, good point by, I believe it was Craig, is starting Clayton Kershaw, is that, a, is that just a show of respect for him? Or is that something strategically the Dodgers actually think is the best for them? Would they put respect for Kershaw over making the best decision? No, I don't think they would put respect to Kershaw over making the best decision. I think if you're talking about Kershaw, um, I think with that, I think it more has to do with, especially because you're dealing with a lot of rookies, I think you want to try to get the guy who's going to settle down the series a little bit. I think you uh, see him as your ace and see him as a guy who can go out and win a game one or at least give you the best opportunity to win a game one, which we talked about. I think it's incredibly important for the Dodgers to get on a roll early in the series, especially with the layoff. Uh, and win that first game to try to make sure that there isn't any sort of carryover momentum from the division series from either Arizona or Milwaukee. Uh, I think that has less to do with respect, which if it is has to do with respect, I think that's a foolish play because I don't think postseason is about showing respect. I think it's about winning a World Series. I think that's how you show Kershaw the most respect. Correct. and most dignity to what he's been able to do. But um, I think it more has to do with settling the series down a little bit, which could have some backfire if this goes into a longer series, uh, as we mentioned earlier. But if you want to get the series started off right, I don't think there's any better option than to roll with the guy who has been the Hall of Fame pitcher for your team for the past 15 seasons. 
I'm going to disagree with Mike. I think this is the first time I've ever disagreed, and and it's only mildly. And this is yeah. just kind of a mild tweak. There is a phone call right there that I've got to turn off. I don't know what that is. Sorry about that. And this is a, just kind of a mild tweak. Yeah, this do we, have, like do we total... have callers into the show today? <laughs> we we can. We we definitely have that ability. Also, if somebody wants to leave a video comment, I could also throw that into the show in the future, which would be a really cool feature to add. So, okay, so he, he said he would have Lance Lingo, Game 3, Pepio as a piggyback. Here's where I go different from that. I don't think that's necessarily a bad strategy, strategic plan. I don't like having a rookie who's throwing his very first playoff game being thrown out of routine. So, in other words, you get to see it, Austin. I get to see it. You know, when these guys get 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 warmed up, you know, they, they play soft toss. At, they throw their soft toss at this at this time of day. Then they, they do their flat work at this time of day. Then they throw their heavy ball at this time of day. Then they do their stretch bands at this time of day. Then they go play their long toss at this time of day. Then they do their flat work again at this time of the day. Then they go in and they do their bullpen at this time of the day. And they have it timed literally. I'm telling you, they have this whole routine timed literally down to the second as to when they need to be leaving the bullpen, going to the dugout, and getting prepared for the game. That routine, I'm telling you, is so important to these rookies. So if you're going to piggyback a guy like Ryan Pepio, you're taking that routine away from him. And and you're making him have to come in off of a routine that he is not familiar with. I mean, he's not totally foreign to it, but you're talking about a guy that's already going to have enough on its plate as far as dealing with the postseason for the first time as a rookie. I think doing that, you need to give him every advantage he possibly can. I think taking away his routine, all of his routine, as it is in its entirety, I would not suggest doing any of that. Give him every, make it as absolutely as normal and as routine for these rookies as you possibly can. And so, from that perspective, uh, you know, I don't think necessarily picking back in Ryan Pepio as a philosophy is bad. I just wouldn't do it this postseason. Yeah, and I think with Ryan Pepio, I mean, we see we saw uh, towards the end of the regular season him come in, but it was after a one inning reliever yes. came in for those first couple of starts. If you wanted to use Lance Lynn in a completely different role and to have it be that one inning, I think that's something that Ryan Pepio has done and could be a little bit more comfortable just because they want completely – throw off the routine pregame and it's something that he's done before. Uh, but I think that's important to keep in mind. You want these guys to not necessarily be put, especially because they're rookies, because they're already dealing with a lot in a position to where they are already dealing with new and uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want to put one additional thing on their plate to overwhelm them. So I think if you wanted to use Ryan Pepio in a piggyback role, I think you would use some type of opener because to try to get those one through three guys out and then have Ryan Pepio go in hopefully four, five, six. I think that's potentially if you wanted to use a, a piggyback role for Pepio. I think that's how I would approach it. Yep, I would agree there. I might be overthinking that, and Ryan Pepio's look good in that piggyback role. But like you said, 
to this point, and the only time I've ever seen it in Oklahoma City, it's never been more than a one-inning piggyback. And if you're going to throw Lance Lynn, you would have to think it's going to be more than one inning. And so to bring Ryan Pepio, say, in the fifth inning, that would be something he's not used to. It's not something I've seen him do in Oklahoma City this year. So I'm not saying he couldn't handle it. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm not, you know, Ryan Pepio is is as mentally tough as they come. I assure you that. I just I just think it would be different for him and, and different when you're talking about a guy that's trying to get used to the postseason would be very difficult. I tend to agree with uh, Roy Estrada. D-backs more dangerous than the Brewers. I think there's some elements to that in the sense that I think you mentioned it a minute ago. I think you hit on it that the D-backs are going to be playing loose. Nothing to lose. It's going to be kind of like that team in football that comes out running double reverse passes and you know throwing all these gadget plays at you. Hey, the D-backs are going to throw the kitchen sink at the Dodgers if they face him because, like you said, they have nothing to lose. And I think the Dodgers are going to feel that. Hey, we are set up for the second year in a row to look like chokers. And so that's going to be – I don't care who you – how professional you are. I don't care how long you played the game. That element of it is absolutely real. There's going to be no way around – those types of thoughts. Now they are professional, so they'll do their best to squell it, to squash them. If it ever gets brought up, they'll kind of giggle and they'll say, "Ah, oh, we don't think like that." Trust me, they do. Yeah, no, that's going to be of real concern. I think with Milwaukee, I mean, you're dealing with one of the best, if not the best, pitching teams out there. But they are dealing with an injury to one of their main starters, uh, and I think with their offense, I don't think the difference between these two offenses is extremely different. They have different ways of approaching it. Um, Milwaukee with a little bit more power, a little bit more plate discipline as far as walking Arizona with a little bit more chaos, uh, which somehow I think Arizona is a little bit more concerning just because of the injuries. Milwaukee, we've seen Milwaukee struggle at times. I think, the Dodgers would still be able to force across runs, even against a good Milwaukee team um, to the point where if you're dealing with Arizona, a team that has nothing to lose, I think that is of the biggest concern because we've seen how that played out in the past for the Dodgers and they're looking for a little bit of a different result this time. So who's going to be the Corey Seager of the playoffs? I'm assuming the Corey Seager of 2015. The rookie, you know, Corey Seager spent all of 2015 AAA Oklahoma City. I got to see him that entire year. Got to see him play every inning of a 19-inning game that year, of which Ramon Toncoso, one of the pitching coaches of the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, actually pitched in that game. And on that same day, in that 19-inning game, it was a doubleheader, okay, and Deck McGuire was pitching for Tulsa, right? And in the second inning of the first game, they went to Deck and they said, hey, Go get your stuff. Go get it all loaded up. Drive to Oklahoma City. They're playing a doubleheader today, and you're going to pitch in the second game. So Deck got his stuff. He headed down Turner Turnpike, got to Oklahoma City, and got to pitch in the second game. I, I, I tell that story every time I get a chance to. You've probably heard it like eight times already, Austin, but yeah. I love that story. So who is going to – And you know, so at the end of that, I, I say all that to say – Corey Seager was AAA that year. He came up towards the end of the year, and he really did well. I think he hit over 300 in the postseason 2015. Is there going to be a rookie that's going to be that guy? James Altman, maybe? Yeah, that would that would be the guy if there's going to be a rookie that comes up and offensively uh, is able to succeed unless they switch it up with some of the guys that are on their roster. 
Um, I think James Outen would be that guy. And I think we've seen in the past him be able to step up in these big moments, not just in the major leagues, but in the minor leagues as well. Um, I think he's going to have opportunities as a team like Arizona or as a team like Philadelphia or Atlanta. He's trying to maneuver against this lineup. They're going to have to pitch to somebody. And I think James Outman is going to potentially see pitches to hit just so they can avoid some of the power that is towards the top of this lineup. So I think the opportunity is there for James Elman. I think he has the ability and I think he's going to have, I think he's going to be able to step up and have some big moments this postseason. So Mike actually meant Seager was the most consistent in the 2020 world series. So who's going to be that rock that the Dodgers can lean on? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Freddie, let's, let's hear what you think. Freddie. I mean, I think Freddie's the guy. You know, Mookie's the guy that gets extremely hot, and then he has periods of time where he gets less hot. I don't want to say cold because Mookie never really seems to go totally cold like like mere mortals. Everybody else does, right? But it just seems like Freddie Freeman every single night is getting two hits, and he's doing something offensively. So I think that the Freddie Freeman's the rock that this – entire offense is going to be built around and then whenever you talk about that then maybe hey one night it's it's will smith that hits the two home run the the two run home run the next night it might be might be max muncie the night after that mookie betts might be on base four times and score twice and then once or twice in a series the bottom of your lineup like james outman hits a home run miguel rojas gets a couple of hits and he scored two or three runs with the bottom of your lineup i think that's the formula for the Dodgers offense, as you pass the baton each and every night, I think the baton will never be passed. It'll always stay in the hands of Freddie Freeman. So, yeah. you know, I think he's been the rock this year. Yeah, no, he certainly has been the rock. Um, you know what? I, I've got a, I've got a feeling. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I've got a feeling about JD Martinez during yeah. this postseason. Good one. I, I've got I've got some sort of feeling. So if you're talking about shoot, yeah, he's from Detroit. Shoot. He played played for Detroit forever. You're you're sitting oh, yeah. in Michigan, and, and right? You've seen him your whole life. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen him my whole life. And I mean, if it's going up against Arizona, he's going up against a team that he played for, uh, traded from Detroit to Arizona, has a chance to get a little bit of revenge on that. He's had experience with Boston in the postseason as well. He's had a lot of these big opportunity moments. And you talk about trying to maneuver this lineup, even if you get past Betts and Freeman, uh, you still have to deal with a guy like J.D. Martinez in the middle of that lineup. Uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity to uh, have some success. So I've, I don't know. I've got, I've got a feeling about him. So I'd love to hear uh, what the rest of the crowd kind of thinks as far as who they think has the opportunity to go off in the postseason or be that Corey Seager from 2020 uh, during this season. Yeah, so, okay, uh, Zach Gallen, when will we? When would the Dodgers have to face him? That's a good for, question. So he pitched tonight. Uh, so we're talking today's Wednesday, so you're talking about a minimum probably Monday. Um, would okay, be so the way they days. the way they do this, this is always confusing, and 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 you know, especially like in high school when they have days in between, you know, outings that you have to give pitchers if they throw a certain amount of pitches. So like it's full days. So like tomorrow is the first day. So this is Wednesday. Thursday is day one. Friday is day day two. Saturday is day three. 
Sunday is day four. So if he pitched Monday, that would be considered on four days rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you're talking maybe – Would they throw him on four days rest or would they give him five? It depends on if they – so that could be a really good question. So uh, can you pull up the Dodgers schedule as far as the postseason, as far as the actual days? Uh, obviously, I will not be making the trip out to California, so uh, a little bit behind as far as days. Look like Saturday and then Monday – um, and then Wednesday, I could see, especially if the, I could see them potentially waiting until Monday Wednesday. Because, yeah. I think that's probably the most likely, although if they find a way to win on Saturday and they want to try to get a knockout punch early before they head to Arizona, I could potentially see them going for the knockout punch game too. Roy asked, do you predict Muncy will cost us a game at third base? I think it's a concern. I don't think he'll cost us a game because, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I know Arizona, if it's, it looks like it's going to be Arizona, they can bunt and that kind of thing. But still, bunting is still a very difficult thing to do. When you're talking about bunting against Bobby Miller, who's firing it up there 101 miles an hour with 19 inches of vertical break, they're just as likely to pop one up. You know, that kind of deal. It's a different animal when you're throwing against a Ryan Pepio changeup or you're trying to bunt against a Ryan Pepio changeup or a Ryan Pepio 95-mile-an-hour riding high, high riding four-seam fastball or a bullet slider. So I, I, I'm not – Max Muncy's been okay at third base. He hasn't been great. He hasn't – I mean, he's he, – I don't know. You, you could probably know their metrics better than I would defensively. I'm not as concerned about that. Plus, I think his offense and his ability – it, even if he's not getting hits, the fact that he, he has over 100 RBIs, it affects the way that, that guys pitch Will Smith and all the guys in front of him. So I think even if Max Muncy is a liability in terms of Arizona maybe laying down a couple of bunts, I think, you know, when you talk about that WRC plus, is he a net play, you know, the war, he'll be a net positive to that war. Yeah, I think he's going to be of serious help to this series. Obviously, we know about the hot and cold streak. Defensively, he's not great, doesn't grade out uh, great defensively. He's also not the worst defensively at third base. Um, so with him, I think there's a little bit of concern, especially if it's a close game, especially if they're trying to do chaotic things. Um, but I don't think he's going to be the reason why the Dodgers lose a game. I think there would be a multi, multiple factors in that. And and with I think with Muncie, I think he can hold it down well enough. And I think the rest of the Dodgers defense is good enough to help carry some of the lack that they have with Muncie's defensive ability because he does provide a lot offensively. This is going to be a little awkward sounding, but I would just assume Arizona sweep. And the reason is they start Saturday, right? The the mm-hmm. divisional series. Hey, I just assume them have those two days off, which means okay, so that's basically means they had two games more than the Dodgers did, then two games off before the first game. That lessens kind of to me, that lessens that impact of all the time off the Dodgers have had. Yeah, I think I think that's Am I, I think there? that's <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think too much. I think there's still a little bit of a difference. Obviously, I think there's a difference between a week off versus a couple days off. Uh, but I think that lessens it at least a little bit because that's not something that Arizona has dealt with a lot. They might get a day off every once in a while, and that's pretty much it. Um, 
I still think there's going to be a little bit less, but I still think the Dodgers are going to, I think they're going to have to find their gears early and mm-hmm. kind of grind off some of the rust that they have that is built up over the course of the week. I think that's still of concern. Mike's going with Max Muncie to be a clutch player. Muncie seems like when he hits home runs, the Dodgers win. Oh yeah, and he's and he's had some very clutch moments in the past in big situations too. So uh, that would not be shocking to see kind of a rerun of that. Yeah, Kelly versus Kershaw, game one. So that'll be exciting. Hey, that's the advantage you do get. You get to match your your game one starter. Your opponent has to put out there whoever's the next guy that's available to them. So that should give the Dodgers the advantage in game one. We'll see. Do the Dodgers have a better chance against the Brewers? Uh, they, uh, Ila Shiva says Dodgers have a better chance against the Brewers. Uh, you know, it, it seems to me like there are a certain aspect of Dodgers fans, I mentioned a minute ago, that are that I don't know if this is where Ila Shiva is coming from in that perspective, that just the idea again of, of playing another NOS team that you're heavily favored against, that just doesn't sound fun to me. But hey, you know, we'll see and, and we'll see how it works out. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. But the, you know, the playoff baseball, you got college football going, it's a great time of year. So, uh, Philly's looking dangerous again in the postseason, no doubt about that. And that's a team that, that. They can, you know, like I remember, I think Michael Grove was throwing against them and he was rocking along, rocking along, rocking along, man, and then gave up a hit all of a sudden. And man, it seemed like four pitches later, he'd given up three runs. They can strike fast. They can, they can strike fast. And because of last year, they know how to win the postseason. And that can be incredibly dangerous and underrated quality uh, during the postseason, finding ways to win. They know how to win these big games. Yeah. Hey, and the, one of the questions here from Hepsi. Good evening, Hepsi. Good evening, Elishiva. Thank you so much for joining. Michael, I don't think I've, I've wished you a good evening yet. Hepsi says, who's getting fired if the Dodgers don't make it past the D-backs? <laughs> oh. The answer to that is nobody. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I know this probably isn't going to be a popular answer. It will not even cross the Dodgers brass's mind. Of firing anybody that won't even be in the hemisphere of thoughts that they have what you're going to hear coming out of them and again this is going to be an unpopular comment if they do indeed get into this scenario is that when it comes to playoff baseball throw all the odds out the window throw everything out the window it's a crapshoot i mean don't even try to predict what's going to happen in postseason baseball because it is so unpredictable that will be the narrative yeah, that's that's going to be the narrative. There's going to be a lot. I'm just going if that does happen, which we're hoping and assuming that it will not. Uh, there's going to be a lot of outrage and there's going to be a lot of questions because this team, even though it is a crapshoot, should have be should be more successful than it has been, and with all of the opportunities that they've been giving, uh, or they've had and they've set themselves up. Um, they should be winning a little bit more than that, and they shouldn't lose to a team like Arizona. Even though it is a small sample size, uh, there's going to be a lot of questions if that if that happens, there's going to be some turnover. I think it's with the roster, I think there's going to be some turnover. Just looking at some of the veterans that they have already, um, I think that might change some of the personnel that they have on this team. But I think with the Dodgers, they have an organization and a culture 
that has built up sustained success. And this is something mm. that you hear teams talking about throughout the league. That's what uh, Jerry DePoto in Seattle was trying to bring across. It wasn't the fact that um, they failed and he's trying to make excuses for that. He's trying to build up sustained success. It's something that Tampa Bay, Milwaukee has been able to do. With LA, they have a little bit of a – I think they have better people in those spots. I think they have – more resources to be able to uh, be able to spend in order to have this sustained success be longer. Um, but with that, there's going to be, there's going to have to be answers because the expectation for the Dodgers is and always will be to win the world series. And if that yeah. doesn't happen this season, or if they don't even advance past Arizona or Milwaukee, I think there's going to be a serious question um, for everybody within the organization. I think it'll be a little less this year because they've had to rely on the rookie so much. I think this is what I've been saying all year. Hey, it, the, what Dodgers fans at least will be able to lean back on is, hey, we got Bobby Miller, the experience. We got Ryan Pepio, the experience. All these kids are ready to go next year. It won't be new to them. So now we're ready to go on a run. I think at the very least, the Dodgers fans will be able to lean back on that. Okay, let's kind of shift gears here. Let's talk about the last two spots on the pitching roster. Okay, so basically when you look at it, okay, I I don't have it in front of me. Let me actually pull this up for a second. I'm going to pull up my article from today. I should have already had this done, but – I want to. Uh, I don't want to miss anybody. I want to get this right yeah. because. And if you want to follow along with the article, you can go to uh, DodgersDaily.net and pull up yeah. the most recent re- recent article. Uh, that's actually the best way to experience this. Is yeah. actually to go <laughs> check out our resources. Um, maybe click on the link a couple times. Yeah, uh, there you go. That would be of benefit. But you and can tell all ahead. your friends. <laughs> yeah, call, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and send it to all your friends too. Uh, and just follow along as Casey goes a little bit into a deep dive of it. So strongly encourage that. Okay, so I don't know if you agree or disagree with what I wrote here today, Austin, but the the seven pitchers that I think are 100% guaranteed, we'll go about it this way and we'll go step yeah. by step. Ryan Brazier, Bruzdar Gratterall, Joe Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Shelby Miller, Bobby Miller, Evan Phillips. Yes. Any of those strike you as not being 100% guaranteed? No, I think all those guys will be on the postseason roster no matter what. Yes. So you get 13, there's seven. I think three others that are guarantees but not quite in the – I didn't want to say like the totally 100%, but I think it. I think they're going to be on the on the roster. Ryan Pepio, Emmett Sheehan, Ryan Yarbrough. I think with Pepio, yes. I think – I have a little bit more question with Yarbrough potentially. Oh, Really? I think there I think there is a scenario, at least in this first round, where they could potentially What percentage like, do you have of Yarbrough getting left off? Um not huge. Yeah. Um, but I think I think there is a scenario I think there are multiple scenarios where you could potentially leave Yarbrough off. Okay. So let's put it in this we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. Okay, yeah. so that let's say that you leave Ryan Yarbrough off. You think him is safe? I I think the, with the way that yeah. he has been pitching, I would I would lean towards. I think he's earned the opportunity to make it onto the roster. Yes. So that leaves four spot four spots for eight pitchers: Lance Lynn, Victor Gonzalez, Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vestia, Michael Grove, Kyle Hurt, Gavin Stone, Ryan Yarbrough. Okay, so 
if the Dodgers don't go with any lefties, okay, that adds a spot for Kyle Hurt and also Gavin Stone. So, in other words, if they leave off Ryan Yarbrough, if they leave off Caleb Ferguson, and they leave off Alex Vesia, your four pitchers out of that pool are going to be Lance Lynn, Michael Grove, Kyle Hurt, Gavin Stone. I don't see that happening. I okay. do not see that happening either. No, they're they're going to keep at least one lefty. I don't yes. think they need to keep more than one lefty because it's a five game series, and the you know why you would keep a lefty is for those lefty matchups. When you look at Caleb Ferguson's numbers against the lefties this year, his average against is two sixty six. His WHIP is one twenty seven against lefties. He's given up twenty one hits in nineteen point two innings. Alex Vesey against lefties, twenty four hits. Average against of 279, whip of 141 against lefties. So you're not keeping Caleb Ferguson and Alex Vesia for the specific purpose that you need a left-handed specialist late in games. You're not doing it because the numbers wouldn't tell you that. Plus, neither Alex Vesia hasn't been in high leverage much at all this season, and Caleb Ferguson hasn't been very good lately. So mm-hmm. I think those are the two lefties that are in grave danger of not making the postseason roster, I think probably one of them will. So yes. my guess is Ryan Yarbrough makes it. My guess is one of the two between Alex Vesia and Caleb Ferguson make it. I think I'm leaning Vesia at this point. I don't know, though. I, I, yeah. Boy, I go back and forth on that. So let's say Ryan Yarbrough and then one of those two lefties make it. Okay, then Lance Lynn makes it. That means it comes down to Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, Kyle Hurt. I think there's about a 99.9% chance that that last spot goes to Michael Grove. So if all three lefties make it, Michael Grove's out. If two of the three lefties make it, because would you agree Lance Lynn's in on the first round? Yes. Yes, I would say that so he's if all three, if all three lefties make it onto the roster, Michael Grove is out. Yes. If two out of the three, let's make it this simple. If two out of the three lefties make it, Michael Grove is in. Mm-hmm. If only one of the three lefties make it, Michael Grove and Kyle Hurt would be in. I think Kyle Hurt's above Gavin Stone. Yes. Yeah, I would I would say at least at this point, probably, yes. Uh, and I think they're likely to go as Arizona just moved on uh, just now. So it will be L.A. versus Arizona in the divisional round uh, coming up. But I think it's going to be, I think they're going to choose two of those lefties. I think that's probably, I think that's the most likely scenario. And I think that's going to give them some options to, even though the lefty, the lefty split numbers don't reflect it, um, at least for the pitching side from the individual pitchers, they still have that ability to do that. If one of the hitters splits are significantly different, um, I think they will have that ability. Um, I think it's going to come down to choose two of the three lefties between Yarborough, Ferguson, and Vesia. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, th- those are all, and I, I would I would see if you agree with this. I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form. I think the Dodgers have made their mind up on who their 13 position players are. I don't think at all. I think they wanted to wait to see who their opponent was going to be to determine who their 13 pitchers were going to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, which now they have their opponent. It will be the Dodgers versus the Diamondbacks coming up on Saturday in L.A. So looking at the Diamondbacks, okay, they lost three in a row to finish the season to the Astros. So they were on a three-game. Well, they lost two in a row to the Astros, one to the White Sox, and then they had beaten the White Sox. So let's just do it this way. I'm going to go back. Cubs, they were three, four, five. They won five games in a row, three against the Cubs, two against the Giants. Then they lost to the Yankees. So that was one, two, three, four, five and one, six and one, six and two, eight and two. They were eight and five coming into coming into October. And since October started eight and six. So they are now ten and six in their last sixteen games. So not I mean, they've won ten of their last sixteen. Yeah, that's good baseball, but I yeah. mean it's not like they're fourteen of their last sixteen, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say they're insanely on fire, but they did just take two straight against a Milwaukee team that has won a lot of games. So you have to take each one of these teams as of as a threat. So with Arizona, you have to take them extremely seriously. They're, they've got nothing to lose this next series. And no, uh, I'll make a comment really quick. No, uh, Robo will not be coming to fill in the rotation <laughs> spot with a steel chair. <laughs> Uh, or, or, or Ronan. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is, uh, as much as I would love to see that, uh, that is not likely to happen uh, unless there's a bunch of different injuries uh, to happen this postseason. Yeah. yeah, we have a linebacker on our team that I coach called, his name is Rowan. <laughs> and I swear to God, I called him Ronan at least 100 <laughs> times last night. And all the other coaches were like, dude, his name is Rowan, man. Get this. I'm like, you don't understand, man. We got this yeah. guy with the Dodgers named Ronan Cop, and he threw it like 99 this year. We've been talking about how he's going to be in the major leagues next year. I just can't get it out of my brain. They're like, well, you got to, man. You can't call this guy Ronan. His name's Ronan. So I just Which, yeah, it, it's just oh, hilarious and, to me. And if you want to see uh, Ronan pitch a little bit more, the Arizona Fall League is yeah. happening uh, during go. this time. There's a bunch of Dodgers prospects. I think Kendall Williams is supposed to pitch Yes. Uh, at some point today. Ryan uh, Sublette's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ryan Sublet's there. Yano Yaner's there. Damon's there. Uh, Damon Keith is there. So a whole bunch of guys are over there. So I encourage you guys to support them too. But Ro- yeah, Ronan, uh, Rowan, that can definitely get confusing, <laughs> especially with how much uh, we cover these guys. Hey, and the Arizona Fall League is not insignificant. It was the springboard for Emmett Sheehan last year. He struck yeah. out eight hitters in a row. He had just a wonderful Arizona Fall League, and that really gave him the momentum to jumpstart this season. So, hey, that Arizona Fall League is absolutely legitimate. Let me ask this Milwaukee, if they would have known then what they know now, that they were going to be two in barbecue in the playoffs, would that have changed their mind on Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas? Oh, yeah, of course. If you if you knew that you weren't going to go far in the postseason, I think you kind of would take a step back and uh, would go ahead and deal those guys. But with them, they made it to the postseason. Those guys helped them make it to the postseason, yeah. which, as we talked about, often you can't always predict what's going to happen with the postseason. Um, and so I think they wanted to utilize those guys because they were helpful. Now, as they approach this offseason, I think they're going through and having to deal with a whole bunch of different questions. There's talk about what do they do and as far as the manager role, Craig Council's uh, his contract is coming to an end. Is he going to try to leave and follow? Um, some of the high ups to 
the mm-hmm. Mets. Um, that has been a question. There's also a question as far as what they do with a guy like Corbin Burns. Last year's arbitration process was kind of ugly. And yeah. so I don't know what the relationship between those two parties are, especially as he's entering his last year before free agency. There could be, as we've been talking about quite a bit, this seems like this rumor always pops up, uh, some yeah. connection between the Dodgers and the Brewers. I know we will hear a lot about that over the course of the offseason, but there's possibility. Uh, we'll kind of examine that as we get closer to the offseason. Obviously, we're expecting, not expecting to get there for another month or so. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope that absolutely happens. So it's going to be super exciting as we wind through this. We've had a good crowd tonight, a very, very, very fun show. Austin, anything else that that you wanted to cover before we get out of here? I don't have anything at the top of my head. If there's any last-minute questions that can fill in the chat for in the next minute or so, maybe we can answer a quick question or two. Uh, no, it. I mean, now we have answers. It happened live during the show, which we love doing these live shows. We're able to interact. Now we have an answer as far as who the opponent is for the Dodgers. It's going to be another NL West. This is an opportunity for some redemption to be able to beat a opponent that you have beat in, from the NL West that you feel like you are better at. Um, they're going to have to. They're going to have that opportunity. But I think it's important for the Dodgers to go out and start quick to erase any sort of concern that you might have. If the Dodgers are able to advance, then they're going up against some serious competition, in which case, man, you can't put yourself in a better position. This is what you want. This is where you want to be during this time of the season. The opportunity is there for the Dodgers. And now it's starting to be a little bit more focused. Now is the time where it gets insanely real. What time is the game Saturday? Saturday, I don't know if they've announced the times yet. I think they're kind of waiting for uh, all the different games. My guess is because it's West Coast, it's probably going to be later game, Eastern time. Uh, but probably, I, I don't know exactly what they're thinking as far as the time slot. Um, they also have to think as being on a West Coast thing, it'll probably be the late game of the four games. Let's make the announcement now. I don't know if you're available. I will be. We will have a live pregame to the Dodgers game on Saturday. We will do live pregames to as many of these shows or many of these games as we can possibly get to. Obviously, you know, we're very busy. I'm right in the middle of football season coaching football, and and this is just our, our hobby. But, hey, if I can get to it, then we'll do it. If Austin can join, that's even better. But, hey, I promise we will we will make a concerted effort to have as many live pregame shows as we can. So do me a favor. I see Hep in the, in the audience, Roy, Elisheva, Mike, Craig, all great people. And we've had a great audience tonight. Spread that word. Go out on social media. Tell all your friends. Go to theathletic.com. Go to all these different places and tell people that we are going to have live pregames where we're talking to you, where this can be a fan-led experience. I will have deep dives into the Arizona Diamondbacks by the time we go on Saturday. If you go back to some of my videos I had before the Padres series last year, did deep dives on the pitching matchups and the hitters versus the Dodgers pitchers. I will have all that information by the time the Dodgers play Saturday, so it'll be super fun. So spread the word. We will have pregames as much as we can starting on Saturday. You game, Austin? 
Oh yeah, I I'll have to work around with my schedule, but I will. I think that I should be able to make that work. And I know. I mean, obviously, I'll be there watching the game. So, uh, yeah, no, we can we can make that work, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. Obviously, uh, we love the interaction uh, that we have with the audience. We love being able to kind of hear your thoughts. We think this is the best community of baseball fans around. And I think with that leading up to the game, uh, if you're going to the game, great. I know there's a lot of people that would be going to the game. Uh, Mike's going not, to the game if, too, baby. And he's going to send us go. some pictures. That, yeah, and that's no, going you, directly on Dodgers Daily. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then if you're stuck in Michigan, which I know – at some point in the near future, snow will be coming here yeah. pretty soon. Uh, if you're in Oklahoma or wherever you are Tornadoes. across the world, uh, if you aren't able to make it be there physically, uh, we will be there. We'll love to have conversation. We love to talk about the game because, I mean, we're both very passionate about this game. We're both very passionate about the Dodgers, and we know – Obviously, if you, I think if you're watching this, watching the stream, you're passionate about the game too, and so we love to have that community aspect to it and to provide a little bit of insight and interaction leading up to the playoff games. I think that'd be a ton of fun and something that would be uh, something that'd be enjoyable for the audience. You ever had snake meat? What was that? Have you ever had snake meat? I have not had snake meat. You've no. never eaten snake. No, I have not. Okay. Well, the Dodgers, hopefully they eat snakes Saturday, right? Starting Saturday? Yeah. 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 <laughs> hopefully uh, hopefully they will get a little bit of taste in that. Um, yeah. We'll, uh, taste we'll looks just happens. like chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there you go. There you go. And chicken's pretty tasty. <laughs> okay. Hey, we did have one question. How do you watch the Arizona Fall League on television? And I'll tell you what. Uh, I believe the Damino asked that question. That's a pretty damn good question because I've tried my heart out to find these games live on TV, and I've yet to do it. I, mean, I think yeah, I, like every I was, once in a while they have like a free game on Major, Major League Baseball Network, of which yeah. I don't have because I have a Roku. But other than that, I, I haven't been able to find a way to do it. Yeah, I've, I was able to watch the first game, at least a little bit of it, on MLB.TV. Um, those games are a little bit – tougher to find i'm sure if you yeah. go to uh the arizona fall league website i think they might i don't know if they have all the game streams or uh -huh. if they have just have one game highlighted that they're trying i couldn't to find any of them um those might be a little bit tough but i'm sure uh especially if you're asking damino um i'd be able to send that to you uh if i'm able to find where the link to that stream is uh, i'm sure i'll be able to send that to casey as well especially if we know that, for example, Kendall Williams is on the mound here. If you want to watch the, if you want to watch Kendall Williams, click this link and be able to watch. Uh, I'll be I'll be trying to do a little bit more deep dive and get a little bit more of a consistency. Um, I think with the Arizona Fall League, obviously it's specifically for the guys who are super deep into some of the yeah. prospects, so it's not as uh, prominent on Major League Baseball, especially with the highlight of the postseason, but still something to keep in mind and highlight because those guys that are in that are very highly thought of within their organizations and uh, could be a jumping pad, as you mentioned, for MSG and, and some of the other guys. Yeah, so we have a question from Ila Shiva. How do we send you videos or photos? You can DM me on any of my social medias. 
whether it be Twitter, Austin, I know you and I, that's how usually I send you all the links on Twitter because it's easier than, than doing the text message thing. So you can DM me on Twitter. You can send me, I'm Dodger underscore daily. You can send me an email at Dodger Dodgers daily at gmail.com. I think that's the email. Let me, let me make sure that's the exact, let me open up Gmail right quick. Cause some, yeah. I have like 9,000 different emails. So let me make exactly sure that's exact. Yeah. Dodgers easy daily. Thing. Huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the email is Dodgers. No, it is Dodgers Daily seventy three. Dodgers Daily seventy three at gmail dot com. So you can you can DM me on on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. I'll get any of those. Okay, it comes up. It's a notification, just like a text message to me. So I'll find it. So do my emails. So if you email me at Dodgers Daily seventy three at gmail dot com, I will get any and all of those videos and pictures that you take from the games, and I promise you they will go directly onto my Dodgers Daily social media. I will give you credit for it, and if you leave me your handles on your social medias, I will also um, I, I will send people your way to your, your platforms and, and to your handles too, so that would be great. Yeah, no, and I know that's something I've, I've been able to communicate with you. I think I sent most of them uh, through either Twitter or uh, through email, through like a Dropbox back when I was sending videos specifically yes. from the loons before I even yeah. was uh, going on the actual show. Yeah. Uh, that is something that we want to kind of highlight, especially if you are there. We want to provide a little bit of a different perspective yes. and get a little bit of live in feed, something that we have been able to do from the minor league level, but we don't have access to do out in LA, out in California. So if you're able to provide that, we'd be more than happy to see it and promote it um, because we want to help build up this community and um, just showcase some of the fun stuff that you guys are doing, especially if you're at the game. That's got to be so much fun. Dodgers Live Radio, (laughs) kind of interesting that Ila Shiva said that when we used to do our Guthrie games when I was on the actual radio doing – Guthrie Blue Jay football and basketball and all of that. We we were actually on uh, TuneIn Radio, which was live as well. So, iHeart Radio actually requires you to have a terrestrial radio station, meaning you have to have a frequency on the radio dial that is paid for by, but to the FCC. So, iHeart Radio would not be possible for Dodgers Daily. But I do know that. A live feed. Of course, you can always go to YouTube and get this live feed and make it live from there. But uh, we could also make this a, a tune-in radio feed as well if you want it to be live. Photos and videos from last year's Dodgers playoffs. Send them my way, man. They will They will get put on all over Dodgers Daily. I would love it. And also, by the way, hey, mention that, that uh, Andrew Hickman is going to be our new beat writer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. If you would like to be a beat writer and write stories – on whatever beat you would like in the major leagues and or with the Dodgers, just let me know. You can easily be a contributing author on DodgersDaily.net, and and we can go about it from that perspective. So if you would like to join in like Austin has on the podcast, who's done such a wonderful job, if you'd like to write stories, I can take as many as one a day or as few as you have time to get around to i know we all are busy and have jobs if you'd like to have to write a beat every now and then you got thoughts on something hey just let me know dm me email me 
Whatever you need to do, again, DodgersDaily73 at gmail.com. You can DM me on any of my social medias. I will set you up as a contributing author, and then we can start posting articles on DodgersDaily.net, and you be the author that gets credit for that. So that sounds kind of cool, doesn't it, Austin? Oh, that sounds like a ton of fun, just like the article that you were able to write today that people should go check out at DodgersDaily.net. Being able to see articles that you write and being able to contribute some of your thoughts. Um, I know we kind of get some of your thoughts during the course of this live show, uh, but being able to hear more of your thoughts is something that I think would be beneficial because I think there's a lot of great baseball minds and there's a lot of different ways to approach and think about the game that both Casey and I aren't always able to grasp, always able to see. And so having more people being able to write more stuff, have different opinions about stuff, but ultimately have it because they love the game. They love the Dodgers organization. I think it's something that would be really cool to have more people be able to contribute, uh, more people being able to add to the discussion. Uh, and this is also was a lot of fun too. I've been here, been able to be a contributor for the past couple months or so. And it's something that I no, thoroughly enjoy. Just officially the last couple months. <laughs> yes. As far as an actual, <laughs> as far as actually yeah. being on this show. And so I'd love to hear more thoughts than just my thoughts, than just Casey's thoughts. And so being able to contribute with that, become some sort of writer, uh, increase your knowledge of baseball, increase some of the thoughts that you had while also promoting uh, some of your ideas and thoughts, I think, is something that would be really cool to see, and it would be would create a unique community yeah. for us at Dodgers Daily. Yeah, or if you had a new idea for a podcast that you wanted to come on and throw a quick podcast on, and or you know if you had thoughts as far as you wanted to do your own podcast, things like that, certainly open to those types of ideas. Mike said that he goes to spring training, so another yeah. cool part of that is you've seen this, Austin. I can't guarantee it, but I'm almost guarantee I can almost guarantee the fact that like in a spring training setting, I could get you a media credential through Dodgers Daily. I know I, I've been able to do that anywhere I've asked. You know, they just look at that at the articles and the, and the interviews that we do with the players and they see it's legit. So if you wanted to go to spring training, most likely with media credentials, you know, that would be awesome and maybe do some interviews with the players from that perspective. That would be we- very cool. I know we might have to take a large group out to Arizona to have a Dodgers uh, daily tailgate. Yeah, no doubt. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Austin Vaughn said, I'm going to send some stuff your way, Casey. Thanks for letting us contribute. Hey, good evening. Uh, Aaron, I said, Austin, Uh, that's Austin Brubaker. Yeah, but that's Aaron. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, what we're trying to do, I know it probably sounds like we're rambling here, but this is very important stuff. We're trying to build a team. We're trying to build a community here of, you know, the, the the idea of just getting all these different thoughts and different wonderful Dodgers fans based on the same vibe. I think if you follow Dodgers Daily much, you pretty much know the vibe, which is why I think, you know, the Austin coming onto these shows was so seamless because Austin already knew the vibe of Dodgers Daily. And not only that, it, it kind of matched the way that he approaches things. And so he appreciated that, wanted to be a part of it, and that's why it's worked so perfectly. So super excited about that. So, hey, if anybody out there wants to contribute to Dodgers Daily as far as being a beat writer, maybe have a podcast, or just any kind of ideas that you might have, even if you don't want to necessarily be the author, but you have ideas and you jot something down, you maybe you write it down on a Google Doc and you, and you share it with me, 
I can turn that into an article fairly easily, even if you don't want credit for it. So awesome ideas out there. Actually, our, our viewers are increasing as we Look go on. We go. So we might talk just a little bit longer, maybe a couple of minutes. We've had a couple of people join. So uh, final thoughts that we know it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah, that was just about to mention. We know that it's the Arizona Diamondbacks now, and now it is series on its game on all the focus right now should be on the arizona diamondbacks there shouldn't be a single thought spent on atlanta on philadelphia all on arizona being able to get that young fun core uh be able to prevent them from creating chaos which is exactly what they're going to be trying to do um they're they're going to be a dangerous they're, they're going to be a dangerous team and it's going to come game one you have to show up game one ready to go Yep, no doubt about it. Okay, so I think that's going to put an end to this. It is my time, 9.30, and I'm getting kind of old, and I get cranky if I don't get – I got two pit bulls, so I've got to have my my eight hours of sleep every night because there are plenty of – you know, when the first when you have pit bulls, especially two of them, first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, guess what it is, Austin? What's that? You got to take them for a run, right? You got to let yep. them get out and run at six o'clock in the morning. You know what the last thing you have to do before you go to bed every night is? What's that? You got to take them for a run. <laughs> you got to let them just go run until they can't run anymore. So I got to get my sleep. It's getting past you know, my bedtime. I know it's even later where you're at there in Michigan. So it's been a good show, Austin. Anything you want to say before we get off? I, I was just about to mention a comment. Uh, with all the content that we're putting out at Dodgers Daily, how do you get any sleep at all? <laughs> yeah, that is a very good question, especially considering yeah. that I'm in the middle of coaching a football team at this point, too. And then, you know, going to be refereeing a lot of basketball. And then, and then I, I follow Oklahoma State pretty heavily as well. So it gets pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. So, hey, but that's going to be a wrap. Do what, yeah. Austin? I was just about to mention that we all appreciate all the work that you're able to contribute. I know I'm able to be some sort of part in that, but we know we all appreciate Big part. all of the hard work that you've been able to do and continue to put into providing content for everybody covering the Dodgers. Greatly appreciate that. It was nice to actually get back to writing an article, which is the way this whole thing started, was just DodgersDaily.net, and I added the social media, then then the uh, then I added the, the, uh, the YouTube to it, so... It was nice to actually get back to what I actually started this whole thing with, which was writing articles and, and putting it into written words. So, hey, that's going to be a wrap tonight. Roy, I appreciate the comment. Casey is a pit bull. Awesome. Thank you so much for everybody that contributed tonight. That's a wrap for us. So until next time, I want to say thank you for tuning in and go Dodgers.